on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian. I'm joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And... Look, the Blues have beaten the Crows by 48 points. We're 6-2. and two. We're into the top four. Lockie, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves just too much, but how... I've genuinely looked at the AFL app like more than five times since the game just to make <laughs> sure we are actually sitting in fourth because it doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. And yeah, like we'll get to that. We'll touch on all the should we have gone on with it and where Carlton is sitting, but... Look, I'm just happy that we it. are winning games and just what we went through for the last couple of years and how, look, this game, and we, we talked about it with the North Melbourne game. We've been struggling with these ones for the last couple of years, going into the, okay, we need, to, we need to beat this team. We should be beating this team. And what normally happens doesn't go that way. And Adelaide have been a team we've yeah. honestly struggled with the last few years. Beat them last year. Um, but they have caused us some issues previously. And just to, again, game done pretty much at halftime, but then definitely done at three-quarter time was just such a great way to go about it. I guess, what did you make of the game? Any big um, sort of talking points that you've come out of it? Well, it's funny. I had a similar, just on that point there, I had a similar feeling in the North game where after about five minutes, Adelaide kicked the first couple of goals. Mm. And after five minutes, I already felt, wow, I can tell that we're going to dominate them today. Even though they got those Mm. couple of goals on the board, it was like we are just so clearly a class above this team in so many areas. Yeah. Um, And I think maybe that that is my biggest takeaway from the game. Like what is is our biggest strength right now? We are just so strong in so many aspects of our game with the the Twin Towers obviously dominating to the best, you know, tall forward duo in the game right now. Our midfield being incredible. And, like, again, Wieders is an All-Australian. The back line is holding up so mm. well. It's like we are, you know, all the, all the question marks that we had going into the season are being answered and we're delivering all across the field. So, mm. yeah, how's that, how's that for positivity? <laughs> Mate, I like that because you could, being at the ground, I was there, you were there. Gee, yeah. the crowd, when the game started, you could, I don't know if you felt this, but I just felt like the crowd was nervous as soon as it started. Uh-huh. It was up and about, crowds going, bounce goes, dead silence. And then they kick the first one, quiet. They kick the second one, you could hear a pin drop. And it was, I'm glad you felt confident that stage because I was still a bit (laughs) nervous thinking we should be the better team. And I feel like we're showing it in little bits, but then they're just getting this easy goal. And then really from that point onwards, it was really all our way. And I like that point that you did make because – Really, from then, when we got wrestled back to control, kicked those few goals, we felt like the better team. And even though for the first two quarters, we we sort of get out to a couple of goal lead and then they kick a couple. And that was starting yeah. to annoy me a little bit. It was just, can we just go on with this? We just, it seems like we just don't have it in us to go on with it and just kick them out of the game. And then all of a sudden, that third quarter happens and game shut out. Shut out. And 
It was amazing, wasn't our, it? Our best, really, is just clearly... I, maybe this is just a nuffy thing to say. I don't think it is. Our best, mm-hmm. I honestly think, is better what Melbourne is better than what Melbourne can do at our Bang. peak. Like the way that we move the ball, the way that we win at the at the contest, our forwards, our two forwards are better than Melbourne's forwards. The mm-hmm. issue is we're just not playing at that for a whole game of football just yet. But yep. for me, like the positives that I'm seeing when we're able to do it, play at our best, it is ridiculous. But it's just obviously about getting that consistency. And that's why we are where we are. And yeah, look, mm-hmm. again, it's only in Adelaide, a team that isn't a top eight. They're a team that's still kind of in this rebuilding phase. Yep. But you can only beat who's there. And we're all pretty nervous going into these two games. Can we do it? We'd been stifled in our ball movement. We weren't taking these risks. We were going into our shells. We were kicking scores and then disappearing. We weren't playing well in the third quarters. I feel like we're learning and we're building and we seem to be getting better with all these little little things. And, yeah, the opposition maybe is less talented than some others we face. But do you feel like we are learning as the weeks progress in this season? Without a doubt. I know, I know I struggle with this, and I think a lot of our listeners may too, to just get out of this exact game and think about where we are and think about mm. how far we've come. Because you and I would have been sitting here a year ago saying, why can't we play more than a quarter? Mm. We, we have a good first quarter, and then the last three, we're, we're struggling to hold on to our yeah. lead. So the growth from there is astonishing when you when you really think mm. about it. And that's where we shouldn't have this frustration. Well, we can't have this frustration about us not yeah. doing four-quarter four performances and letting them, you know, kick a few goals in the last quarter. But, God, it's it's so obvious when you, you know, when you scale back and you, and you see how much we're improving, mm. uh, even as this season goes on. And I truly believe that because on, on the weekend, I was – I thought we had 22 contributors and yeah. – with, and saying that, there's still areas for improvement. Like we didn't get any goals out of Durden and Owies, and I was still mm. happy with how they performed. Um, so yeah, growth in in so many areas. Like oh, God, I know we're going to go into all the specifics, but yeah, it's 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 impossible not to feel that that growth is real. Because mm. like you go back to that Freo game and just how bad everything was, and and immediately I think of the Gold Coast game too, where as soon as you take away what we do best, you take away that corridor, we go into yeah. our shells. And, yeah, the opposition maybe hasn't been as good the last few weeks. But, I mean, I, I don't think Adelaide are a horrendous team. I would have them close to a Gold Coast anyway. Mm-hmm. But we we seem to be learning and figuring it out. And I guess our ball movement, we're continually taking risks. We We haven't gone into our shells in the last couple of games. And that's what I'm excited to see now that we've kind of proven it again to ourselves we've got that confidence up we've got a Mm. somewhat tough run of games coming up that's really going to sort of set up our season yeah i'm happy we've been able to get that confidence back see how okay if we play like this we're going to win games of football because i think you need that confidence back into the game plan and we Mm. almost seem really happy to keep possession of the ball like our disposals pretty much every game this season we've been the winner in that department dominated by quite a lot and yeah. What I was really impressed with again this week was just the confidence of, look, we got the ball. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep chipping it around, oh. keep switching side to side. Eventually, it'll open up. We'll get an option, and then we'll go. It, it didn't seem this panicky 
We've mm-hmm. had two kicks. Um, okay, long down the line. And yeah, maybe a better opposition will, will sort that out and we won't grab that option because there'll be more pressure. But I'm liking that all these little things that we've gone, okay, this is the issue, this is the issue. We seem to be fixing that. Um, that was one of them. Do you have anything to say yeah. on that and then any others that oh. you've been happy with the learnings? Bloody oath, I do. That that was it stood out a lot for me. And you're right. It, it's, you know, we have we have faced weaker opposition these last couple of weeks, so time will tell. But mm. yeah, the, the, the risks feel so calculated and, and we feel like we're pulling the trigger at the right times. And mm. I love the patience, like you said. I thought I, I think it's something I've noticed a lot from Fish over these last couple of weeks. Yes. Where he yeah, in, in the past he can be that guy. It's like let's just, just whack it on the left boot and move it forty meters up the field. And he's looking laterally every time he gets the ball and, and how can we regain how can we retain possession mm. and then take those risks when we should and bite off those forty fives and bring it back mm. into the corridor when we can. Oh <laughs> I just love it. I yeah, I could talk about that point all day mm. because it's such an obvious thing. And I think it does it does relate to that confidence that after mm. the Frio game, we're like, how are we going to get this confidence? How, are we going to get our confidence back over these next couple of weeks by being those bullies? And I think Cripps is leading the way in being that guy. Um, and it just, yeah, it just says confidence to me. We, we look so confident all across the ground. And then even when we get a couple goals kicked on us, we know that we're going to bounce back and kick the next three. Mm. And like these are the weeks where like we keep mentioning poorer opposition, but these are the games where you need to go out there and prove it. And you almost can try a few different things and learn, okay, when the the pressure or perceived pressure is there because we're not moving the ball forward, what can we do when that's there? And I'm so happy that we've ticked all the boxes, been able to be patient with it and just go, it's fine to be uncomfortable with the ball because you don't have an option. Like mm. that is where that's that's such a big growth area for us and being able to just go, okay, it's nothing on, I'm struggling with it, there's pressure coming, I'll just find another Carlton player and we'll hopefully eventually work this through the ground. And I think another one yeah. was our defensive side. We mentioned last week, it looked like we were covering the ground better. I thought we did that again this week. We're protecting mm-hmm. the, the right areas, really working as one. And the big yeah. thing that Frio did to us a few weeks ago, we did to Adelaide. How many times did they get the ball and all their options were really short or long and wide? And what did they do within about two possessions? Long down the line to hope they can win a contested mark. That's what we forced them to do all day. And if we can continue this and just get confident with our defensive sort of web or whatever you want to call it, gee, if we can get that defensive Mm -hmm. side sorted, we've got the offense ready. Geez, that's going to be exciting. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like Jacob and Lewis are just leading the way in that oh. as well. Like how, how confident do you feel when they do go do that long contested option that one of them mm-hmm. is going to take the contested, contested intercept or at least kill it? Like it feels like 99% 100%. of the time one of those things is going to happen. Um, I guess the, the, one other pleasing, really pleasing thing that comes to mind because I, I go back to like that, the, the Richmond game is one of my favorite games of the season and and how we were able to, you know, especially Gov was instrumental in the way that we were getting the ball inside 50. Mm. A really good mix of hitting up players on the lead um, and then going long to contest when it was the right time. I'm, I've just noticed that even more over these last couple of weeks. Like getting the ball into the right guy's hands where it's Chera, Carol, mm. Lob, those guys putting it inside 50 and 
and getting that really good mix of finding guys on the lead. Charlie was amazing at it again. Yes, and then still and then still going long to that contest when when it's right. But we we were just in that trap in those couple of weaker performances that we had, where all our only option was to go long, and a lot of that was because of the defense, like you mentioned. But it just feels like if we can keep this really good mix of inside fifties entries going, like it's so unpredictable. You can mm. go to Crips on the lead, obviously Harry, and then you can feel confident that if you go long to Harry and Charlie at a contest, well, they're going to win, you know, more than they won't. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. And and another thing that it was a bit of a talking point, and I guess again, another time will tell. But I've been so impressed with what De Koning's been able to do ever oh, since Pitt amazing. went down. We were so worried about it, and this was one I was a bit more worried about because O'Brien's a good ruck. Like, he's not going to necessarily be the complete dominant force that, you know, a Darcy, Wits, or, or Gorn are, and mm. I don't honestly think that there's that many of them in the AFL anyway, but he's a really good ruckman, and he's a better version, uh, at least more at the moment anyway, of what De Koning is, but I love the mm. way he was able to go about it. He seems to be not just trying to jump over the opposition anymore. He seems to be using his body a lot better and his athleticism to actually try to nullify the ruck. And I look at the the hit outs yeah. anyway, and yeah, we lost them overall 46 to 22. TDK, you know, 17 out of 58, I believe. So we've lost the hit outs, but we won the, the standard clearances 14 to 11 and the stoppage clearances 28 to 20. So what he's yeah. able to do is nullify the effect that him, the um, opposition ruckman winning the tap has because it's no longer just a clean tap. And then our midfielders as well are evolving and understanding, okay, if we don't win the tap, this is where we need to be and this is how we can nullify the other midfield. Then it's not just going to burst through because all of a sudden we can't win the hit out and that's us done, which was the big talking point. It was where that stoppage team, if you take away the tap, we're done. I no longer kind of feel like that because of what we've been able to do over these last two weeks. And I think the negative is I'm not sure we have that in-game being able to pivot and adjust just yet because I haven't seen us, you know, struggle and then be able to overcome it. But week to week, the learnings and what we're able to put into progress, these coaches and the players to try and fix these deficiencies, I'm seeing them improve and that's what I'm really happy with. It's the perfect time to throw in a tweet from our main man, Timmy Dub, um, he's kind of asked, is the injury to Pitto perhaps the best thing that could have happened to TDK? Mm. And obviously, we, we would love to have Pitto out there, but it's just so impressive. Yeah, like you said, we were when Pitto went down, we're like, gee, is this like our biggest, you know, our strength is, is our dominance around these center mm. clearances. Is that going to disappear now? And TDK has just done such a fantastic job at at, yeah, at taking on that challenge and it, it hasn't become a weakness and he, and he's mm. just going to continue to get better and this continuity is going to mean that, yeah, he's going to be able to lock down that spot and, and keep doing what he's doing. It's just awesome. Mm. It was like the glass half, half full thing that I was hearing a few people say when, you know, I guess mm-hmm. Pitt did go down. I saw a few people going, look, maybe it has been hard for De Koning because he's been this, oh, you're kind of playing forward, you're kind of playing ruck and he hasn't just gone here's your position, own it. And that can sometimes be hard for the younger players. You've seen guys, when you switch them from key defender to key forward, it can take a little mm-hmm. bit longer. And when you're not, you know, maybe going down to the twos or in the, the match simulation or actually games, being that sole ruck and that's your job, 
Like maybe that has hurt him a little bit in his development because he hasn't been able yep. to just get, you know, the runs on the board and, and sort of learn the craft. And yeah, maybe this is the shot that he needs of going, okay, here's however many weeks, however many months that Pito's out, him getting 90% of the ruck contest and having to learn on the job. It could be the best thing for him and the best thing for us as, as a team. You never know. And I was very... Yeah nervous about it i wasn't confident that it was going to work and i guess we've only had two games it's a small sample size but i I have been impressed with the level that he's got to already because i didn't think that we'd be doing this well with without pit out there totally yep exactly right what uh what other positives did you have from the game mate i'm sure there's bloody plenty (laughs) look there there's heaps and another one that we kind of talked about last week but Happened again, and it's those small forwards. It was interesting. You, you brought them up before, and it's a weird stat where they're mm. not necessarily kicking the goals, but everything that they're doing seems to equal goals for everyone yeah. else around them, and it's that pressure. They've brought back that forward half pressure. Like, Durden gets his four tackles, 12 pressure acts, always five tackles, 20 pressure acts. Even Martin, when he was on, ended up having two tackles for the game. So these guys are getting around the footy. And just hunting it. And I really noticed from Durden in particular, he was pushing so much higher up the ground. And just when you need a tackle on that, you know, half back line, all of a sudden Durden's there, brings that heat and their turnover comes and we're able to stream out. This is perfect. And eventually the goals are going to happen for these guys. But look, if they're not kicking them and maybe a JSOS is getting onto it or Fisher's getting the handball out because of the pressure... I don't care who's kicking them as long as we're winning games of football. I don't I don't mind. How do you feel about the small forwards pressure versus goals at the moment? It, it is super pleasing to have obviously got the 17 goals on the board and and none between them. And yeah, mm. what, one of my highlights of the game was that the the one two that Dirt's got in the back half, yeah. followed by that 50 meter sphere to Charlie inside 50. Like it's great to see, yeah, the, them contributing in other areas when the goals aren't going on the mm. board. Um, and yeah, we talk about it every week. Everyone's got their their role that they need to play for this team to get wins. And for them, it's not going to be the disposals and the goals is part of it. And I, I dare say that if there's no goals for an extended period, then other guys might yes. get a go. But, <laughs> but um, I know that's not what you're saying, but yeah, the, the tackle pressure. And it just feels like so many of these things relay back to the confidence. And we, we've mm. spoken about it like, these guys must have struggled so much to get confidence in the continuity over these last few years where it seems like any time that we've turned a corner, something goes wrong. And now we've had this extended period of this season feeling like everything's improving. And yeah, the confidence just shows everywhere. And and that tackle pressure is is a big Mm. part of it. And I think even more than just their pressure, I'm just seeing a lot more movement from our forwards in general, which was something we heavily criticized earlier in the season. And you just see how much their movement, a dirt and pushing up the ground to apply pressure, all of a sudden there is just space. And who gets on the end of it every single time? It's Charlie. He had an unbelievable game and we'll definitely touch on him. But did. I think the whole forward line working as one, everyone moving everywhere, Charlie, all he has to do is stay deep and all of a sudden those pockets will open and someone, you know, we've got so many players. You've got Saad, you've got Doc, O'Brien. I could keep naming all of them. They can hit that 50 metres into the straight onto Charlie running into that space and 
it's just going to create more chances for every single one in that forward line if we are actually working hard and and then it goes back to the midfield working hard to cover space. Every single one, every single person in this team has to do it. And mm. look, I can't fault them today because that's why we got the win. Every single person working as one. <laughs> it's going to make some interesting uh, team change discussion at the end, which I always <laughs> look forward to. My favorite part of the pod. Definitely does. And I think that kind of segues perfectly into my next bit, which was, I guess, everyone playing their roles and kind of talking about that bottom six or, or so. Yep. And I thought they all played really, really well. They they did what was expected of them. Like I look at Carroll in his second game, 18 disposals, 10 kicks out of those as well at 72%, six score involvements, 15 pressure acts. Like are you expecting anything more? Like is this insane for you what he's been able to do in his first two games? We actually had a question about this, so let me find it. David Madden, are you surprised that Carroll is getting some opportunities at center bounces so early in his career? I am very surprised. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't see this coming. And obviously there's the opportunity that's arisen with Hewitt missing a few weeks, but mm. yeah, God, they must have a lot of faith in him to be doing this and, and he's delivering. Um mm. yeah, where do we get more from Carl? You know? Where where, <laughs> well, where does it come from? He's doing his role perfectly. And I like that it seems like Vossi and the and the team are kind of changing things up. I've seen Fisher go in there a lot more and we're yeah. getting a lot more out of him. So I think if we can Rotate as many people as we need to through there and have so many different options. Get a guy's hands on the footy. We're just going to be such a better side. And for him to get these couple of minutes so early on, but not maybe suffer like a Dow and O'Brien where they were just thrust in and it's like you have to be in every single one of these because we have no one else. Like I think this is definitely going to yeah. help him because he's not getting burnt. He's not getting exposed. He can still do his stuff on the outside for the rest of the game and just to keep getting these performances so early on to boost his confidence, I think it's it's great. And I'll touch yeah. on a couple of others like Jack Nunes, who I criticised heavily in that in that Freo game. Again, fourteen disposals, eight kicks at seventy one percent. Gets that goal, five score involvements, two tackles. Like the pressure's there, the work rate's there, which is what I was really angry with. I think when mm-hmm. he came back in that Freo game, I just didn't think he was working hard enough. I didn't think he yep. was using the ball well enough, and that's definitely improved over the last two weeks. Um, and then mm-hmm. the two kind of more maybe surprise packets was Cottrell coming on as the sub, and <laughs> was that his best game he's ever played for the club? I'd say so. Did he put that a, was, did he put a foot wrong? I thought he was electric. I thought he added like a weird spark. I, I was not expecting yeah. it at all. At the eleven disposals, eight kicks at. 91% disposal yeah, efficiency he, so he went well. at with those 11. And that was the, that's the been the biggest thing for him. It's like you're not winning enough of it. You're not using it well. I just thought he kept it simple, yeah. did the smart thing, and he was one of those players that were just creating that option in the center of the ground, which is where we need those guys to be for that 45 kick. And, yeah, yeah. he has the five score involvements, 11 pressure acts. So I could not be asking any more. Of Matty Cottrell, he, he almost makes it really hard to say, should he come out of the team? Because <laughs> of that performance, you kind of want to reward that, which is not something I think I ever would have said or expected no. from him this week. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Great for a half a footy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the lid's not off for Matty Cottrell yet, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, liking not what I'm saying. Yeah, look, he definitely needs to do a lot more for me to get like ridiculously excited. But 
I just, yeah, I just didn't expect him to Probably. be anything like that. So I was very impressed. And it's, it's amazing what happens when you win a game of footy. All of a sudden, exactly. your bottom two players become absolute world beaters and the lid is absolutely off. But someone yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts on because almost unfortunately, our man, Lockie Plowman, comes out oh. with illness after his best game he's ever played for Carlton. And you're kind of just really, I think every Carlton supporter was going, is this a new plowman? Like, I really want to see what could happen in uh, this second game. Doesn't happen. Boydy comes in. What did you make of his his efforts? <laughs> well, as you know, I've always backed Boydy in. I've always known that this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, God, I was very impressed. Um, mm. Yeah, I definitely didn't uh, didn't think that he had this in him from from the early mm. thing, early signs that we saw and. I need to put my hand up and say that that was a guy playing in, you know, his first game and everything and um, that the development would come. And he was so impressive. Like, obviously, he was incredibly brave in that contest where he got cleaned up and got straight back up. And he's got that hunger and that bit of something about him that we've been calling for. And some of the boys are starting to show it, like Cripper and Newey. He's just got that little bit of nasty about him. And, yeah, really impressive. Mm, like it's just about doing your role like when you're called upon because look Mm -hmm. i don't want to go on the negative but look boyd he's not in our best 22 he i don't necessarily know where he like does fit in necessarily but Uh if we get an injury if there's someone coming out if he comes in and does that every single time that's perfect like that's the perfect little depth player and like you never Correct. know, could he evolve and become something else with this opportunity? He's still young. He hasn't played that many games of AFL footy, but you know, 13 mm-hmm. disposals, 10 kicks, which again, these guys that, you know, your, your Carols, your Nunes, your Boyds that are meant to be those better users of the ball. Like I said last week, most of their disposals, make them kicks, spread yep. the ground, create space. And he went at 85%, which has probably been the knock on him. Like he's, his effort's been there, his hunger's been there, but his execution's yeah. been off. It's, it's He's been trying to bite these kicks off, but he, he seemed like he was a little bit nervous. And maybe yeah. maybe this is harsh, but I kind of thought his first few games, he looked like someone that you kind of go, maybe this level's just not his. Maybe he's just a good VFL yeah. player. And then when he takes the jump, it's just not there. But... Mm-hmm. If he can, again, play something like he did this week, uh, I think that's there. Going back with the flight is something that I wasn't sure was in his sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. toolkit. I didn't know that. So that's good to see. And then, yeah, four score involvement. So another one trying to rebound. Very impressed. And, again, I don't necessarily expect him to be there in that best 22 every week. But if we have an illness, if we lose one of these halfbackers, I'm not upset if a Boydie comes in off that kind of performance. Yeah. I think I think you nailed it. And one other thing I've noticed, I feel like he has that appetite to be, um, you know, that guy running past for the hands off a mark and, like, mm. he wants to be that guy to break the lines. And it hasn't really been happening too much for him yet because we've got so many other options right yeah. now where that's happening. But he's willing to run and put in the effort. So, yeah, like you said, we that's what, that's what we need. We need to have mm. those options, especially some of the guys back there. It's, it won't be long before Williams needs to miss a week with something or, you know, we, we need to have that. That, and that's no no knock on him, but it's just how it's been. Um, yeah, we don't need to have those options there. We want to be able to rely on the the guys that are next up, and we can mm. right now. Yeah, and I guess it kind of repeats what I said last week. But you look at that 
the main loss, the Freo loss, those bottom players all had stinkers and couldn't yeah. couldn't win the football, did nothing with it, turned it over to again see those bottom players be, I wouldn't say necess- like the best, but more well more than serviceable, like above yeah. average and and really put in some really good shifts that help us win that game. That's where this sort of jump is going to come, and that's why we're in the top four uh, at the moment. Um, who else has who else has really impressed you from this game? Because there's definitely a couple names I want to talk about. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I just need to give him um, one other shout out. And, and we did have a Aaron tweet about him. Is Lewis Young our most unsung hero? He's been rock solid and the perfect partner for Weedering. I don't think we really saw the, it coming to this extent either that he'd be doing this no. by by round eight. Definitely not. I mean, thank you, doggies. I don't know. Oh, the the team that has no key defenders. Why they've given this man away? I don't know, but I absolutely love yep. it because again, fourteen disposals, eleven kicks, went at a hundred percent disposal efficiency, ten marks, mm-hmm. seven intercept possessions. You talk about like the the rock with weedering and. I just I'm yep. starting to feel so confident whenever he goes near it. He's intercepting well. He's just not putting a foot wrong. And I'm really excited to see what happens when he comes up against like maybe like a Geelong or a team that have like two really key forwards, two that mm-hmm. are really good, because that's where I want to see whereabouts he matches up. Because at the moment when he's taking that second and being able to play a little bit off him, he's performing yeah. incredibly well. So that's probably like the growth I really want to see. Um, but I guess not yeah, too many teams at the moment have that. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting to just see if he can be that like Liam Jones where you're pretty confident him being one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I'm feeling right now. And you're right. That's time will tell. And there's so many of the things that we talk about which are going to be tested when we play some yes. of these better opposition. But yeah, just so pleased. Again, we we're like coming into this season. It's like it's it's McDonald who seems to be mm. the number one option behind Weeders now, and then Young may get a go. It was very early that Young got to get that chance, and and he's taken it, so it's great. Yeah, it's it's so positive that I don't reckon there's many people that we've had to call upon this season that you immediately go, yeah, it just wasn't up to it. And sending back to the VFL, like most players have been able yeah. to put in, at least in a few games, really good shifts. Like someone that I think he eventually did struggle in a set of field, at least those few early games did put in a shift. And when called yeah. upon at some stage, you hope that he can at least replicate a, a bit of that. But yeah, Lewis Young has just been unreal. He's starting to, I guess, get the Carlton supporters confident around him. And that's only going to hopefully build his confidence. Um, two players that we need to talk about one in particular, we've mentioned him previously, but how good are our two forwards? They are, would you say, cause you've got your, go. you've got your, your Lynch's and Here your rewalds. You've got your Cameron's and your Hawkins. I think we've got the best two forwards in the comp at the moment. What do you reckon? Of course we do. Mate, the numbers don't lie. The numbers do not lie. Let me get it up as well. Because and these numbers like you look at, you look at what Charlie's been able to do off zero football. This is just not getting spoken about enough. He, I was very nervous at the start of the season just to see what we were getting because you look at how he was at the back half of last season and you're going, 
if he's getting picked on form, like he's not because he's, he's he's been pretty. It was pretty average, but yeah, hopefully, like he wasn't really clunking the ball. He didn't really know his positioning. Nothing seemed right, but. Yeah. Given the ball in his hands, he was still able to kick those goals. And you're just hoping that, gee, if he can just get that continuity, play a few games, will that come back in? He's kicked 6-3. He had 21 disposals, 10 marks. Yeah. Disgusting. That's just insane for a guy that, what is it, bloody round eight? He's played eight games of footy this season. His marking's back. He's clunking everything. There were so many times that I don't know how he even got hands on it and got to it. He seems to be kicking everything. He's jumping, he's back. We're still not even seeing like a, I wouldn't say this is 100% Charlie back I was yet say the either, same thing. which is just stupid. Yep. Still got room to grow. Tw- still 25 years old. Like, yeah, it's crazy. You, you mentioned it. Like when he returned last year, it's like, okay, good. Glad, so glad he's back. What can he be now? Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah, I think you and I, when we did our season predictions, we were like, well, it's pretty obvious that Harry's going to be our leading goal kicker. But, you know, we hope that Charlie can be the second guy. Yeah. What? Wow. Like, <laughs> who saw this coming? And I still, we so like wrong. Did, I still feel like he doesn't take all the opportunities that he could be. Like he's still mm. missing some of these, you know, these snaps and these shots from not the hardest angles that he could be getting. So, yeah, keep getting that confidence. And, yeah, back-to-back Coleman's different players. You don't see Gee, that. That'd be hard. Too often. And like the thing that just excites me so much is you look at, and it's, I've been trying to power, draw parallels with like other teams and try to look at things that have, who have been successful. And hmm. every team has their sort of superstar match winning players. And normally that's, you know, your couple of midfielders, your one defender, your one forward. And, you know, Richmond have been really, really good in the last couple of seasons of having two key forwards that are able to do it. And that's so hard to stop because if yeah. one, if you, if you're able to nullify one, the other one's going to go out there and kick it. And I mm. now to have two that are up there, potentially going to win the Coleman medal. It's, it's insane. Like, again, you can maybe stop Harry and nullify his effect, but he still kicks three and then you can't stop Charlie's kick six. I, and the way that they they're playing at the moment, they're still so kind of different players that, yeah, I don't think you can kind of stop either one. I think at least they're both going to kick you two or three every week just because of the way they're playing. And if we can keep creating the space for them, they're just going to kick more and more. And, and like you mentioned before about us needing to see how like the Weeders-Young combination goes up against when we when we play two really strong key forwards. It's the the same issue that teams are having facing us. Like they're going to have that that dilemma on who goes where, and, and inevitably their mm. their second best defender is going to have to go to one of these guys. And there's not many teams out there that do mm. have those two guys that can do a really good job on both. Mm. And the thing that I'm trying to sort of like change the way I'm thinking is I feel every week when we do the match build ups, I'm always going, oh. This team have this player. These are the things that we need to stop. And I mm. never kind of think, well, what are the opposition thinking? And last okay. year it was kind of, okay, Cripps isn't really playing amazing, but if you can stop him, try to nullify Walsh a little bit. If you can stop Harry, they're pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like teams are going, oh, Jesus, how are we stopping this midfield? They've got yeah. so many players that run through there. 
Cripps is kicking two a week, getting 35 touches. While she's getting the ball, Chera, Hewitt, like Kennedy, yeah. how many of them can we stop? Like they just oh. keep winning it out of there. They're explosive. And Jesus, when the ball gets down there, how are we stopping Harry and Charlie? Yeah. And then, no, oh, well, JSOS is in there kicking a couple. Fisher's now being someone on the outside. Like we're starting to get so many different components of our game that now that we're coming up against teams, maybe it's not there like just yet, but I do feel like teams are going to start to be very worried and other supporters are going, oh, I really don't want to play Carlton because they could just mm-hmm. kick 10 goals in a quarter and put the game to bed at any stage. If we give them an inch, they're going to take it. And that's scary for, oh. I guess, a really Carlton supporter point of view because we have not had anything close to that in years. We've been going, can we maybe have a nice quarter where we kick a few goals? Now that seems to be happening every single week and it's just about getting all the other ones around that a little bit higher um, than they have been. If my lid wasn't off already, it'd be (laughs) in the stratosphere right now, mate. (laughs) Keep that up. Keep that up. I'm I'm happy that I'm getting you nice and positive because just before we touch on something else really positive, I do want to, you know, dull things down, try to keep that lid on. And that is the fact that, we were messaging throughout the game, and I believe at three-quarter time, you may have cursed us. I believe you sent me a text message along the lines of, gee, I love a 100-point wins. And <laughs> thanks for that because it didn't end up I happening. me out on that. <laughs> but it is kind of the, the main talking point of mm. that game, particularly at the end. Did it kind of sour the win for you? And is it... <sighs> Is it an issue that we aren't that team that can completely bury a team, go on with it, get that 100-point win, or are you just satisfied with, I guess, the level that we're at currently? My, my opinion is, uh, did it sour it for me? Yes, a little bit. And do I think it's a problem? I really don't think it's a problem at all because, again, like I kind of started the podcast saying, I just have to remind myself of where we are on this journey mm-hmm two months into being coached by Vossi, um, you know, coached in terms of games actually being played um, and where we're kind of at as a team. I didn't – no way did I expect us to be six and two, let alone did I think that we'd be doing four-quarter performances. So Mm. the fact that we're doing three-and-a-half-quarter performances like this, it's just uh, so far from my worry right now. Having said that, it is hard for that not to be soured a little bit when you're watching the the percentage in your mind just go up and up and up. It's like, yes, we're finally recovering this percentage that we lost and it's not there. But how can you expect like uh, someone's going to, you know, I wish, we ha- I wish we had a statistician on this show that could just pull some random stats for us while we talk. But <laughs> I'd love to know the last time that we won two games in a row by 45 plus points. Mm. Because Gee, I would been guess ages. That- it would be, it'd be sometimes. So sometimes you just have to, I guess, remind yourself of those positives. But having said that, it would have been nice to put the foot mm. down. But also Adelaide, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm hogging the mic here. But no, you're fine, like, mate. Please. They've, they've, like you were saying, like they've still got O'Brien in the ruck, Laird in the midfield. Like they're going to, he's going to get it to Laird sometimes and Laird's going to get it inside 50. Mm. And their forwards are going to kick some goals. You, you, It is impossible to stop that the entire game. We can't expect, you know, Teams to be kicking three or four goals on us right now, unless you know it's north. Mm. I guess uh, great points there, but uh, I just have some follow up questions to, I guess, get get us thinking. Is 
because yeah, we maybe didn't expect us to be where we're at at the moment with how we're playing from what we had last year. Do you feel mm-hmm. like you need to kind of shift the goalposts because this is where we're at now and expect more? Mm. Or are you, hmm. I, I guess you're just going because of what I expected, that's fine. Like I'm just trying to find that Great balance question. between, because I think sort of like I'm looking at maybe Melbourne's rise last year where, they all of a sudden win all these games of footy and people are going, oh, yeah, but I didn't expect them to. So my level of them's here where maybe if you you know expect more and keep pushing those standards, they do keep improving and you go on to win the flag. Like I'm just trying to look yeah, at things totally. like that. Should you be yeah, shifting the goalposts and going, okay, just because I thought we wouldn't do that, that doesn't matter. We need to be going on with it because that's what a team does that, that goes deep into finals. I really like that question. Um, off the top of my head, I think in like a in like a team sense and how I hope the players and coaches and the like are talking to each other, I hope that they are shifting those goalposts in that way and always striving to be better and knowing that where we're at now, we can improve. But for me as a fan, I think I feel like if I, if I have that mindset as a fan, I'm never going to be satisfied because if I was a Melbourne supporter and I had that, you know, uh, that belief and if they say lose next week it's like oh you know why couldn't we have been the first team to have an undefeated season like now i'm not happy yeah. why are we so i feel like i need to uh, it's, it's a good point I, I hope the players are, have that mindset to keep getting better but for me it's like i <laughs> in round one we were just happy to get a win yeah like that's all we cared about and now less than two months later we're not satisfied when what it, they outscored us by three goals in the last quarter. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good point. And like, I don't know a hundred percent where I sit on it anyway. I just thought I'd throw the question out to you because it's a good one. Yeah. I, I remember sitting there about halfway through that quarter, just being like, oh, what a wasted opportunity. Like I just, as a fan, I wanted us to have that one win because it doesn't feel like we've, we've had that in a very long time where it's, For sure. they just had a goalless quarter let's not let them kick another one and let's kick another 10 and just completely shut it out because I think your your mind casts back to the the Hawthorne game, the Port game, where you let these teams back in and all of a sudden the pressure builds. And look, we we did well to keep them out of it in the first and second quarters and then blow them out to such a margin where you could go off the field and have no one out there. They still weren't going to come back and win that game because the margin was so big. Um, Yeah. But I was sitting there getting annoyed because you, you look at the percentage on the ladder and I think as far as the percentage, I'm not as maybe annoyed about these games looking back. I'm probably more annoyed about the Hawthorne and Port games because it's hard to be upset about a, a what, 48-point win. Like, yeah, it could have been more, but the other games are the ones where it probably should have been more. And if those are your 20, 30-point wins or plus, then your percentage looks better. And it, it's hard because... The ladder's been so close for so long that, yeah, percentage does matter at the moment. Ours isn't good enough. But I think mm. if we can keep going and win enough games, the percentage should sort itself out. And I kind of agree with you with your point that you're making about those inside the four walls should be striving for more, but I want to enjoy the football because I remember, mm. yeah, as I was kind of alluding to, I was sitting in there starting to get really annoyed going, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And then I just went, what am I doing? We're, we're, we're 50 points up. My birthday is tomorrow. We never win on my birthday. 
Carlton are winning games of footy. We're in the top yeah. four. We're six and two. Like, I'm just going to enjoy this. When was the last time, like, we comfortably just got to enjoy a win knowing game's done at halftime, three-quarter time? And so A like, week I ago, just, we were I, saying we couldn't even do that. And we were up yeah. by 50 and we wouldn't relax. <laughs> so I just, I just had to try and shift my mentality. And I'd love to know how you guys are feeling about it because yeah. I know there's going to be heaps of people out there that are like, yep, you just have to have that killer instinct and go. Or whether you're just going as a fan, I'm just happy to see enough of what I'm seeing because I think as a team Mm. that's still learning, a team that I still, like we talk about top four, I don't really expect us to make top four, even though I think we're a really good chance now. Like I still kind of see us as that team that we should play finals, but we're still kind of in that bracket with, I guess we haven't really played a lot of the top eight teams and really seen where we stack up at the moment. So yeah, I'm just trying to enjoy things and, I guess this was something I was going to touch on later, but I think it segues perfectly because this might be super, super lame. Um, but it all, this was another point that kind of just made me have to change my mindset at the game and it just made me so happy there because mm. where I was sitting at the ground, there was like yeah. a mum and a dad in, in front of me with a, I reckon she would have been like five years old, if that. Like she was super young. And to my left, there's these like three or four boys, all like under 10 and just yeah. seeing so many kids at the football, all these Carlton supporters that, like, they don't know what's what's happened over the last 10 years. Like, their memory probably doesn't exist to that. They only know, like, this Carlton and what's going to happen for the next 10 years. And it kind of just made me mm-hmm. happy to be like, man, I went to the footy from pretty much 2001 yeah. and I didn't see my first game of – I didn't see Carlton win in person till 2008 because we've mm-hmm. lost that many games of footy. And to have these kids already get a win, a game that, that we won so convincingly like that and just going, man, I just hope so much that these kids don't have to deal with the shit that we all had to deal with and that the Carlton that they get to grow up with is one that just wins game of footy, wins premierships. And I guess just being around yeah. that, I was just like, nah, I'm, getting, I'm happy. Like this is what it's all about. The next generation that actually gets to grow up with a good Carlton for once. Like, that was my sort of big mindset change. I could not agree with you more. I've I've been having very similar thinking about, yeah, how we grew up with this team and a lot of our listeners did as well. Um, Yeah, it makes me think of a couple of conversations I've had with with colleagues just just this week who have, yeah, like you said, young kids, like eight eight to 10-year-old boys who, yeah, like it was hard to convince them to get into Mm. Carlton like when they were a few years ago and, and now it's this shift in mindset. Um, the, the one thing that I, I just want to touch on on what you were saying before, because I thought it was really good about, um, you know, thinking back to those the Hawthorne and the Port games and having those that kind of thinking. You, you may disagree on this, but in those games, we talked about how the structure changed. We weren't running. We looked tired. Yeah. We weren't taking risks. I didn't necessarily feel that in this game. Like I, I, I more put this down to some like, I don't want, I hate using this word, but brilliance by some by some of the Adelaide players at times and some lucky free kicks that meant they got some of those goals. I wasn't feeling like, wow, why aren't we running? Why are we not taking those 45s anymore? Yeah. I didn't feel that. And that's the growth I feel from from those games. No, I, I totally agree. I think it was almost a little bit of games done. I It's not like they weren't working hard, but it was like instead of going at, 100% like we were in that third quarter, 
probably drop mm-hmm. back to 80, like just a little Fair bit because you, you go, we're already up. doesn't matter. But I agree. Like there was, I think the whole game was umpired incredibly poorly. And then they just, it was like, they yeah, just got a couple. And, and I don't like blaming the umpires for things, but it was almost like as soon as we got going, as soon as there was that little bit of momentum for us, there'd be a free kick in where it was in the ground. And it just sort of halted momentum mm. for us a few times and then just gave them a bit of an easy look. And yeah, like I'm not, I'm not disappointed going, oh man, Adelaide in that last quarter overran us and we just had no answers. I agree. I don't think it was as if they dominated us by any stretch. I thought it was a bit more Q was in the rack and we just didn't go on with it, which I guess is that growth area. Like, and it's, it's why I'm trying to be that positive. It's like top four, six and two, and we're not that team that can go on and win convincingly with up by a hundred points just yet. That growth is amazing. And we're finally starting to beat these teams. We should be beating and yeah, big test, I guess, coming up this week against GWS because we don't tend to play well against them. But this is a team now where they're below us. They're not playing good footy. And it's a game where you're going, this is a should win. And so I'm very excited to see it. So before we we Love get it. into that, um, let's get into the fan votes because there's a player that I know will get yeah. votes that we haven't talked about just yet that I think is going to be the perfect segue to talk about him. Not sure if you can imagine who that is, but uh, we'll get into the fan votes. Again, you guys sent them in in droves, which we love to see. Um, You gave the one vote to Sam Doherty. You gave two to Charlie Curnow, and your best on with three votes was – I'm not sure if he was actually out there. I didn't seem to – it seemed too much, but um, Paddy Cripps apparently gets gets the three there. He was uh, – what did you make of Paddy Cripps' game? Yeah, Paddy Cripps. Yeah, it's hard to remember too much about his game. Hmm. No, very lame gag. Uh, yeah, Awful I gag. think we say it every week now, but just put that thing around his neck um, as a nice little warm-up for our grand final. Mm. Oh, 100%. Get, get Norm ready for him as well, I think, because true, he's just – like you talk about needing your star players and I think the big thing – when trying to look at teams that have been successful over the past 10 years, like they've all had their star players and they've all been a big part in the reason that they win those, those must win moments in grand finals. You need your players to step up. And how many times has Richmond need to win a game of footy? Dustin Martin comes and kicks a couple of goals and has an influence. You've seen the same um, with a Melbourne, with your Petrarchas and your Max Gorns coming up and stepping up when you need them to. And, We've got ours now. Like, we've got our midfielder, Paddy Cripps, back. 35 disposals, two goals, seven tackles, 12 score involvements. The man, all he did in one contest was pick the ball up and stand up, and an Adelaide player, buddy, bounced off him and went 50 metres. Like, he didn't even bump him. He just stood up. He's that big, gets the hands off, Silvani kicks a goal. I mean, this could have been a hot take at the start of the season when we do our predictions. It is not now. Like, this isn't even a nuffy thing to say. But Paddy Cripps is the best player in the AFL right now, and it's not even close. It is not Mm -hmm. close. I have not seen a player have the influence that he has had. Like, even the Paddy Cripps of a few years ago when he was at his peak, this is a whole nother peak. Like, what do you even make of what he's been able to do and how much that has had an influence and effect on the, the rest of the players around him? I um, 
uh, I have to, I, I, not a direct quote, but paraphrase Kane Corns. I don't know if you saw what he was saying on, on mm. the Sunday footy show, saying best eight weeks he's ever seen yeah. from a captain. And, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> what he, just, He's doing everything. He's breaking away from packs and taking running bounces. Like, mm. what? where has this man been? Like, this was the man that couldn't basically break a walk, like break yeah. into a, you know, away from a walk into a run and all he could do was handball last year. <laughs> he, and he does literally everything now. He's take a bloody yeah. ruck contest when you need to, get a hit out <laughs> to advantage. Um, like he's a presence up forward when he rests yeah. up there. It's it's just ridiculous. Like I can't even, mm. yeah, no, nothing but injury could stop him from winning Brownlow this year mm. and I am oh. touching some don't, don't say that. <laughs> um, I guess a question that I just thought about then, because I've seen a couple of people mention it as well. Mm. And it's interesting because kind of like the last couple of seasons, it seems as if he's so tried to take what we've all said. He's trying to take too much on, do a little bit too much yeah. himself. What he is taking on seems so calculated now. Like it doesn't, it never looks like the Paddy Cripps of, oh, he's trying to get that one extra breaking of attack. So true. He's just doing the simple things, and when he goes, it's so obvious that that was the correct op- correct call. And like, there was a really good bit of footage of him calling the player to go wide to get the handball, and you see a lot more of this communication from him on the fly. And I just think that he's doing the simple things, but then he's doing incredible things that you're like, he's making it look simple. Like how can yeah. someone consistently – be getting 30 plus disposals and two plus goals every single game. I it's just if he keeps this up, this could genuinely be one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen from a player from an individual standpoint. You made a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. If pretty much every single game last year, there was at least one moment where you mm. would shake your head and go, oh, why like why did you bite that off? Yeah. Why didn't you just? And it's not happening. You're so you're so right. Um Stoppable. It. I mean, it, it has. It has to be said that you know. Obviously, there's his health. Um, yes. And, and you know, now that he's back to that and everything. But you know, we haven't had Hewitt these last couple of weeks. But having Chez in there, Walsh's mm. support, Kennedy lifting as well, just having some qu- better quality around him must just make such yes. a difference to his confidence and workload. Even though, I mean, I shouldn't say workload because he's getting more disposals now than he did. But the the, the pressure is just off him. One million percent. Um, so did Paddy Cripps get your three? I'd love to hear your votes. He did, similar to the fans as normal, but not the same. Um, I, I did go three for Rick, two for Charlie, um, and I've given one to Ches because I just thought he was just fantastic. So, like, we know he's such a good user of the ball, works so hard, um, and I just love, I love some of those entries inside fifty. Mm. Um, you know, he's just fastly, fast becoming one of my favorites in the team, and I want—I thought he deserved the one this week. Yeah, look, I'm not happy with you because I thought that that was going to be my little smoky that I got to add into there saying, oh, we haven't talked about this player. I'll just put it in there with the one vote. You've, you've stolen that there because I've given you Chera the one kidding. vote as well. Um, yeah, 27 disposals, eight score involvements, and you could pretty much copy-paste what Lockie just said because it was just his... His decision-making by foot was just perfect all game. He just found the right option. And and having someone else in that midfield that we've kind of spoken about the last few weeks that just knows how to use it, 
and actually hit up targets. It just it yeah. creates so much for us going forward, and it's exciting. Um, Paddy Cripps, I actually gave the two votes to. Wow. Um, I gave I gave the three to Charlie, and it was so hard to to split those. And I think I just had to give it to yeah. Charlie, maybe because I'm sick of giving it to Cripper, um, but also just because I was so amazed with what Charlie was able to do, and it wasn't just. His marking ability, the way he was moving around that ground, getting hit up on those leads, it was just one of the best performances I've seen from him. It is so close to that doggies game where he kicked seven, and I'd love to see him eclipse it. I want to see in the next – okay, I'm challenged for you, Charlie, if you're listening, which I know you are. In the next three weeks, you've got to kick 10. I need to see it. It's bound to happen. He kicks 10. Harry kicks six. Let's get it happening. Wowee. Probably won't be seeing any goals from Dirt to know he's that week unless it's, you know, a 200-point win. But at this stage, why is that off the table? It's not. Yeah, look, if if that's happening, I hope that, you know, always is marked in the goal square and it's just hands off to, oh, exactly. to Charlie to kick another. Um, there's someone that I don't think we've touched on much that I, I was – he was – no offense to Doc, because I thought Doc had another unbelievable game, um, and he hasn't been someone we've spoken about. But there was another guy that was very stiff not to get my one vote, and that was Fisher. Um, mm. He was just—he's mm-hmm. having an absolute run at the moment, where his last yeah. sort of month of footy has been great. We've been really getting him involved a lot more, pushing up twenty-three disposals, thirteen kicks, two goals, eleven score involvements. Is this small sample size? Is this the player that we all hoped we were getting with a Fisher and what we were hoping he evolved into? And is that just too early to say? I mean, it definitely is what we were hoping he would be. Whether whether he can keep it up throughout the season, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the big question mm. of all these things. But yeah, this is what we hoped. I think when we you and I went to his first game those years ago, and we were yeah. like, "There's something. There's something here. Um, <laughs> he, he can be that guy." And yeah. He's playing his role perfectly, very fair uh, for him to be mm. in the votes uh, for some and, and the club had him as best on, which I think is great. Good mm. to see him getting on the scoreboard. Yes. Um, you know, that's important for um, a guy like him. And, yeah, like, like I spoke about earlier, I just felt like he was – yeah, sometimes he hasn't been that calming presence in the past and he has mm. been a bit erratic and, and his kicks have sometimes been, you know, uh, a bit wasteful and like just looking to go long. Yeah. But right now it feels mm. like he's he, he is that calm guy and he's making the good mm. options. Yeah, I think if we're going to be that team that can win finals and, and go all the way, we need these creative types to be getting a lot of the football, creating, setting up goals and scoring themselves. And that's what I've seen so far from Fisher over the past month. And, yeah, I, I just hope this can continue because the player we need, we've had, you know, a Jack Martin, again, he's got a bit of an injury. He's out, mm. even though he's shown a bit. Those high half forwards, it doesn't seem like we have a lot in our squad. We've got, you know, a Cunningham uh-huh. and a maybe a Josh Honey, these kind of players. They're injured. They're not playing just yet. So mm. we're going to need Fish to keep playing like he does because this is some exciting football. So I guess do you have any Spot other on. fan questions as well for me, Lockie, before we get into talking about the Great Western Sydney build-up? Well, yeah, absolutely. Got a, a very good call out um, from Darren Hodge here. We, we didn't touch on him much. Um, not that he's had that, that good a season because we, we know that Jack Silvani is just getting a game <laughs> because of that name. Um, so it, 
it was good for those some of those thoughts uh, during the week to have been quietened down. Did you have any notes on his game? Because we didn't mention him, and he just continues to deliver. Yeah, he just I don't know what to say. He just does what you have almost come to expect now, which is crazy. Like he just goes yeah. in there, plays his role, sets things up, brings the heat, kicks goals, and and he, that one goal where Cripper stands up. Kills a oh, bloke just by standing up, handballs the ball <laughs> off. I was perfectly behind that on the wing. And it was one of those kicks that when you're behind it, even though it you know, starts out wide, as soon as it was off the, the foot, everyone stands up because you just know it's going straight through. And it was a great moment. And, yeah, heart and soul of this football club. I love to see totally. these different role players and what they're able to bring to us at the moment. And for so many of them to be kind of in form as well, um, it just kind of shows you exactly where we are, which is hopefully can keep going against these these tougher opposition coming up. Yeah, absolutely well said, mate. Um, he, he deserves some success for everything he's yes. been through with the club. So, yeah, we love to see it. Um, now, this one, I'm going to... I'm going to throw put you on the spot with this one, but I'm putting go. myself on the spot too because I've been I've looked at this question a couple of times while I've been chatting, and I'm like, gee whiz, it's a goodie. You and Morton, what would be, in our opinions, the smallest change to make the biggest improvement for the next four weeks? Doesn't have to, Ooh. not necessarily a player, but it could be a tactic or something else. So smallest change for the biggest improvement, which I think is a great question, and I, I hope this is the way that. You know, the, the club is sick mm. as well because I don't want us to be reinventing the wheel as we go into this stretch against some, um, you know, some some quality opposition, you know. Um, does anything come to mind? Um, oh, it's a hard question. Great it's stuff It's a really there. hard question, um, especially after I'll... a performance like this where it felt like everything went right. Um, yes, and we know the and we know the outcomes that we'd like change, such as you know a, a full fourth quarter, four quarter mm. dominance. But is there anything tactically or player wise that you think might make a big impact? Mm. I think I just firstly want to open this out to you guys because I think we're going to struggle to answer this one. So if you're listening to this, tweet at us right now. Let us know what you think is the uh, sort of smallest change that we can do that's going to bring us a bit more success. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments below because I'd love to hear the responses because I'm sure they're going to yeah. be better than what I can conjure up right now. Um, one that I can kind of think of is, and it's something I've kind of already spoken about as a positive in a way, is our sort of ball movement and the way that we're able to just have a bit of patience with it. But there's yeah. times I think I want us to go a bit quicker there's times where I notice maybe like a weeder ring and with maybe the one knock I have on him where mm. you'll get that, you'll get that sort of pivot mark where he's the one that gets to switch the play and he kind of just takes a little too long. And I noticed it a few times that we were a little bit slow to switch the ball. Sometimes we'll mm. use like one too many kicks. And by the time you've gone back, you can't get that next one because the team's been able to shift. Um, yep. So I think, probably just move the ball a little bit faster at times. And even from kick-ins, like it was something that I noticed Richmond do to us round one that I haven't seen any other team do. And I thought it was one of the better strategies, which is as soon as you concede it behind, immediately sprint out and play on. Because I felt like Mm -hmm. it caught us out a few times early in round one. And it just seemed like something that if you're ready to go and you're, you're expecting it, no other team does that. Everyone kind of waits a little bit, 
and then they go. So knowing how fast we can move it, how I mean, we've got some players that can take some incredible marks, I think that could be a little yep. bit of an asset. Um, probably to go off that as well because of where Love I was it. sitting and what I wanted to focus on in that game. And I had the, the privilege of doing it because we were up by so much. I was just starting to watch everything else and not look at where the ball was. And I was trying to watch, I guess, Lockie O'Brien and our wingers a little bit more. And I just noticed so many times him just running back and forth, back and forth, creating leads, creating options, staying wide. And we just didn't use him a lot of the time. So I think if we can start to utilize these players that are creating those wider options that we know that can use the football so well and move the ball that little bit faster at times, I think that's going to help us when the pressure's there, we just go run through teams that little bit faster and get the ball into Charlie and Harry that little bit easier. What about you, Lockie? What do you got for me? <laughs> You've absolutely smoked whatever answer I could provide to that because that was gold. <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some some crap out there and see see what you think. See, see if there's anything in in this for you. Because I'm yep. thinking about this, the, the smallest the smallest thing to make the biggest impact. Uh, when you look at our results so far, we've played two games interstate, yep. both losses. Uh, and we know that there was varying reasons with that, like the injuries and, you know, the, the, the quality of the opposition. Um, but I'd be interested to see what, what can we do to try and give out, to, to try and mitigate any advantage that might come um, from, from traveling interstate. So, mm, uh, I, and I don't know what that would be, but hopefully we'll be able to sit here next week and, you know, we, we'll have that monkey off our back, have won interstate. Mm. Um, and I, so, I don't, know, I don't know what that looks like um, in clubs and whether there are, there are th- things that they do to try and mitigate um, the effects of that, but that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we're not sitting here in a week and going, uh, is, there, is there something about us traveling? Like, or is, is there, you know, you know like... We should be beating this Giants outfit, mm. um, and it might just be a little bit of a, a thought in the back of the head. If it's like, well, are we are we not a good traveling team, or is that just a coincidence? No, that's a really good point because it kind of makes me think when I unfortunately look at the ladder and teams potentially for finals. You talk about percentage, and mm-hmm. you've got a Frio, you've got a Brisbane, a Sydney are in there as well. Plenty of teams that you know if the draw works a certain way. A final could be interstate. It might be an elimination final. You go out, you don't get a second chance. That's going to have to be something that we are good at because, yeah, you're right. We've traveled twice, lost both of them. So, Mm. yeah, even – I'm just trying to think on the spot. We – most of our finals losses recently, Mm -hmm. if you call it that. Interstate. They're all interstate too. West Coast, Brisbane, Sydney – did we lose to Sydney twice? Yeah, lost to Sydney, I think, potentially twice. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's a question for you, kind of tangential to that, just off, off the top of my head. Do you if, say we ha- say we were playing a final next week? Would you rather oh, – no, sorry. Say, Ooh, do you okay. think I like, think I know where this is going. Do you, think we, do you think we play better at the G or Marvel? At the moment, it feels like Marvel, which I don't it think does. I would have been able to say – Ever because we weren't we used to we used to be garbage at Marvel. It was like we need the mm. big space of the MCG, and I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I think I want a bigger sample size because sure. I think if you play Adelaide and North anywhere, you should comfortably beat them. So that's maybe yeah. the thing. 
Um, but if you look at the way we played against Richmond at the MCG, that worked really well. Um, but yeah, it seems like at the moment, weirdly, you've got to you've got to give your hat off to Marvel. Is that our new? Is that the new stadium? Ooh, I don't like it. I know, that's why. I like that's it. why I changed the question. <laughs> I changed the question because I definitely rather watching us play at the G. But I don't know. There, there's something that tells me chuck that roof on, take the elements <laughs> out of it. Um, is where we're strong at the moment. But anyway, bit of a yeah, nice get better in an un, unfamiliar territory. I like it. So, did you want yeah. to start to? Do you have any other questions for me, Lockie? I do, and it's going to be the perfect segue, as always, on this show. We this. do so very well. Our final question, Harrison Petkovic. Who comes out for Hewitt next week if he's good to play? Mm. Is, the, is the, the easy answer Jack Martin? Yes, that's a good answer, is that the- I think. Because, <laughs> yeah. It's- because Cottrell's not going out. You can bloody <laughs> Ian's put the lock on him for the rest of the season. <laughs> him and Boydie, you can't get rid of him. Um, no, it's – look, it's it's interesting because, look, if Hewitt oh, – okay, firstly, I'm not sure – I just have a feeling that Hewitt isn't going to be ready to go. Is that how I you're agree. feeling? Yes. Like, I don't I know. Think, it's. I think we're going to see him next week. Mm, I think the way they were sort of talked about the injury, it didn't sound great. And we know that we're not getting a lot of information on our injuries, which has been a bit of a bugbear. Should we talk um, about that? <laughs> at least at least he's got until Sunday to get right. Um, but, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if because we're traveling, they just go, just have one more, make sure you're 100% right. And we're kind of in a lucky position where we're not desperate. Like if he, if he was in our team last year, it would have been like we need to rush him back because who else do we have to throw in there? Whereas now we've got guys that can cover it. Um, if he does come in, I mean, that's the hard part because – like I genuinely can't I don't know who to drop because there isn't a perfect replacement because I don't want to drop a midfielder but then you're worried that you have too many midfielders like is it too many if Hewitt comes in and you get rid of another position what do you think it's really hard Uh, and it's really hard to think in that way as well because yeah I mean he's going to be getting CBAs so who is losing them Cal is probably the first one to lose them. Then is it is Kennedy the next one to lose them? And then mm. where is he playing? Is he going to be forward, like spend more time forward, or is Cripper going to have more time forward? Yeah, I, I feel I feel like the expression on your face is you currently fitting the puzzle pieces together, which <laughs> I'm struggling to do because I, I'm literally I, I have... looking at the team trying to find out who is there that I go, oh yeah, you can go out, that'll be fine. But I'm struggling. I put Hewitt in the bucket of if he's fit, he he has to come in. And even, you know, my policy mm, around I agree. omitting players after a win is that we I don't like to do that where we don't have to, but I put him in, you know, I don't want to see him have mm. a week in the VFL, for instance, no. if anyone's thinking about that. Um, but I don't I don't know where that fit is right now. Mm. It, I think the hardest thing as well that I'm trying to compute in my brain, which is never a great Thing that you want happening. Um, not a lot going in between these years, but it's sure. you got your Jack Martin coming out, and we really don't have that half forward player to come in. Like the only maybe replacement that you have for him is Motlop. But like you get mm-hmm. you look at his stats again this week, and I don't believe he kicked a goal. 
I didn't see the game myself, so I don't know what influence he's having around, but I'm not sure it's enough that he's knocking down the door so far of saying, yeah, you've, you've got to come into this team straight away for as soon as someone can come out. So yeah, it, it's a tough one if you're looking at, in isolation, a straight in for Martin because there's mm-hmm. also not many magnets I feel we can really move around that make sense. Like, you know, Brian, I don't want to see there. Nunes nope. isn't a half forward. Maybe Boyd can spend some more time higher up the ground. Like that could be something. Um, uh-huh. Even a Cottrell, like I don't really love him. I was him just going to say that. Higher. So it's it might have to change things around. And I, I hate to maybe say it, but does like Fisher have to, do we lose a bit of Fisher because he has to play that little bit deeper at times? Or could be. Do we, do we try to say, hey, DeConing, you're going to have to ruck for a little bit longer because we need sauce in that forward line. Like it's it sort of yeah. – it's probably not the best injury considering the players that we have available that Jack Martin out, I think, at the moment, which weirdly I didn't think I would be saying about a month ago. It feels like the perfect honey time. Were he good to go? Um, yes. It, it, it doesn't appear that that will be the case. Um, yeah, real interesting one. I mean, yeah, like you said, with yeah, Cottrell was a sub, and and that that performance that he put in in that half would mm. would suggest that he could move into the team. Um, I don't know. I, like, if I'm thinking about it, if I'm with you, feels unlikely that Hewitt would come in. I can see a world. Shout out to my dad who doesn't like when I say uh, I can see a world all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, I could see a world where it's Martin out and Cottrell in. And then yeah. someone like someone like Plowman or Setters as a sub. Mm. Can you? It's a weird one. We sort of mentioned him last week. You only have the seventeen disposals this week, but could you see like a Willow coming <laughs> in to add to that sort of midfield? Maybe we've seen him kick a couple of goals previously, and he he has been kicking a few in the in the VFL this year. Could you see? Could you yeah. see a world where he comes in um, over a Cottrell because maybe he has a little bit more forward power? I, I should have kept these receipts from tweets that I saw, but the, the people that were saying that, you know, why doesn't Willow get a game last week after he, he kicked those few goals were saying that they'd never want to see him play in a Carson jumper oh, really? again. Oh, no. After this was BFL he that bad? I, and again, I didn't I didn't see any of this game either. But, um, yeah, we know that it was a big uh, drop-off in that last quarter in that game. What about Marchie, mate? We, how have we not mentioned Caleb? Wow. We've been going for an hour and 15. Don't you worry. He he's still on my run forward. sheet, and I and I have not forgotten about him. Don't you worry. But yeah, anytime you concede what ten goals in the last quarter and lose, uh, probably <laughs> a few players that may not get a call up. Uh, even exactly. a even a Paddy Dow, like thirty three disposals, kicks two goals. I heard a lot of people on Twitter even saying, you know, his last quarter when the pressure came, sort of went into his shell a little bit. And a lot of people saying that's why he's not in the AFL, which, you know, I didn't see it. So I can't necessarily comment on that, but I thought it was some interesting points from those that did. But yeah, at the moment it doesn't, even though we have, I guess, some depth, it doesn't seem like there's a real obvious play to come in. So yeah, I I think for me, Mm. if Hewitt's fit, take him out. Sorry, put him in and take out Martin, who's obviously injured. I think that's just the simple change, move the magnets around. I think we have enough talent in there to get the win. I'm not 
really into starting to throw some other players in there. Maybe, actually, maybe this does make sense. If you want that half forward that they seem to like who seems to come in when there's an injury, you had 28 disposals and kicked a goal in the VFL. Is this Lockie Fogarty? Is that his little role to come in? Almost forgot about him. I could see a world where that happens. (laughs) I could see a world where that happens. Well, I thought you were going to say Campos, another bloke that people are saying needs to get in there. Yeah, interesting. He seems to have moved back, but there, unfortunately, I think someone's almost gone past him, and this is the man I really want to talk about, to be honest. Um, hmm. Segue before I go into that. Um, yes, chuck your team changes in the comments and tweet at us because we have not been <laughs> able to make up our minds here for about 10, 15 minutes, so someone else come in with some better ideas because I've just gone the basic, someone's injured, um, and so the guy who isn't comes in. Um, but there is someone that has made his return. And look, for those who know me well, will know that this man, <laughs> one of my favorite players for Carlton and one of the guys I've been so high on, I'm just so happy to see him back. I was out for dinner, um, a little bit of a birthday dinner when he was playing and I was, I literally said to everyone at the table, I've gone, I apologize. I'm not being rude. But about every five to ten minutes, I will be going on Twitter to make sure he's not injured. Um, I need the Caleb updates. I need to see what's going on. A little bit more important than what's happening at this table right now. I need to know what's going on with my Caleb. And to come in and get 20 disposals for a key defender is ludicrous. Um, What do you make of Big Marchy finally playing some some footy and uh, getting through unscathed? It's been a long time. It has been a long damn time. I just, I'll just be so happy when he, yeah, pulls on that AFL Guernsey again, mm. gets out there. I mean, the, the question to throw back to you: it, it, Do you see a place for him in this current setup, um, injury free, uh, in terms of our current twenty-two yeah. injury free? Like, do you, would you be? Yeah, where where do yeah, you see look- him fitting? Um, I don't know who necessarily comes out. I haven't done those calculations, but he comes straight in for that McGovern role for me. Uh, Or Because that's where I always saw him. I saw him being that third tall, the guy that can intercept. He always seemed like he read the play really well, could come off intercept or spoil. I always loved when he did it, uh, and I thought that he was going to be that perfect third third tall for us. And unfortunately, he's had those injuries and – the, the thing I'm really excited to see is can he be that lockdown one-on-one defender? That's that's going to be an interesting thing. But maybe it doesn't yeah. have to be because we have a Lewis Young there that can potentially do it as well. I I still think yeah. with the way I've spoken about Gov being that, that third tall and when we lost that, we've lost a key component to how we want to play. Uh, I Absolutely. think that if, if he's gone for most of this season with that hamstring now, we need someone else to do it, and Marchbank is the perfect guy. I love him so much. He is one of the – everything he does on the football field is so sexy. I absolutely love Isn't it. This it? Will, when he plays games this season, this will slowly become the Caleb Marchbank corner. Uh, just, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I did not expect him to have this much influence in his first game back, and – yeah, I'm excited to see it. Like, I didn't think he'd be coming in so quick. And how much football do you reckon he's going to have to spend 
<laughs> before he kind of breaks in? Or are you thinking that if he's already come in, he's maybe pretty close already? I think and this might be a crappy answer. I think it is going to depend on what happens in the ones over these yep. few weeks. I'm not even sure if it's really in, yeah, in his hands now. Like I feel like if we have a really nice win this week, they'll just con- the club will continue to yep. play that card of let's, you know, give him time and play him for three quarters and and that kind of thing yep. just to make sure everything's okay. But yeah, so I don't know. I I, I, I mean, yeah. I I don't see a world where he plays next week, <laughs> for instance. No, but I, it feels close. Yeah, it would. Me, when's our buy? In round twelve, yeah, I guess that's what round thirteen. Uh, week after the buy is you know four or so yeah. weeks. That's what I think. I honestly think after the buy, give him a month of footy, and if he's performing well enough, like he supposedly did in this game, then get him in. But I guess there it probably becomes a bit more of a form thing now. Can he be yeah. the player that he needs sure. to be? We don't know what we're getting from a guy who's been out for this long. So I'm very excited. Um, probably one of my last election questions is, we're very happy with his performance against North. He's sick, gets withdrawn. Would you want Plough back in this <laughs> team or are you sticking to your, we won, so don't make the change? I Yeah, I, I wouldn't be bringing Ploughman in um, by by omitting someone, um, yeah. Well, we spoke about Boyd a fair bit, and I, I just feel like mm. I'm happy to keep rolling with him and, and seeing what we've got there. We know we love Plowman. We know he's in our top five best players. No, we, we know that Plowman isn't a best twenty-two guy. So I wouldn't be um, doing that omission at this stage personally. So um, I guess with that, Uh-oh. would you be more confident? With someone else playing on Toby Green than Plough, and and who is that? Because someone has to play on Toby, and I guess Ploughman, for as much as we everyone gives him shit, he's probably still our best one-on-one small defender. Mm. Who would you like to see take on Toby Green, or or do you think it's a bit more of a cycle through kind of thing? I think with where we're at now, and you've led me well into that answer. I think it will be more of a. Uh, by committee job, and I'm far less terrified than I have been over these past mm. few years, where we just we know that he's going to light us up, and we have to be that lockdown team. I think yeah. our defense has evolved, and I think our maturity as a team, we're going to be able to handle that a lot better. Mm. But also, stick bloody Boydy on him, and he's not going to see the ball. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, I love what do that. you think? It's tough. It's tough to like not bring Plow back after that kind of performance. But I kind of agree with you. We've won the game of footy. Everyone's played well. I don't really like dropping guys when I think everyone has put in a shift. Like uh, I, yeah. I'm not necessarily the guy, I guess, like you that goes, we've just won, so keep it. Um, sure. If I think someone's had a kind of poor game, I'm happy to change things up. But I just, I just think everyone played their role, so I'm happy to roll with it and see what happens. And if they don't fire against GWS, then, yeah, change it up yeah. and see what happens because we've got a few players now that – can potentially come in. But, yeah, let us know all your changes in the in the comments Absolutely. because we'd love to hear them because I don't know how well we've uh, we've gone through that one, but it's been a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of go, last thing, I know I've been going for ages, but why not go for a couple minutes more because mm-hmm. this sort of next run is going to set up pretty much our season. We've talked about Isn't being 6-2, and two, being in the top four, <clears throat> But, you know, the opposition that we've maybe played at times hasn't been amazing. What we've only beaten 
one team in the top eight. I believe that is correct. We've lost a yep. Frio. So coming up against some opposition where we've got GWS away, we've got Sydney who nearest on the ladder. They're a good team. Can we prove that we can beat teams in the top eight? We've got Collingwood who pains me to say, but they've been playing some okay football at times. And you know that they're going to try and bring it against us, but that's another must win. Essendon's a must win. It's always nervous because it seems like another team where it doesn't matter who's the better team on form, those games form can sometimes go out the window and anyone can win it. And then we've got Richmond again, who Dusty's back. They're starting to play a bit better. How many wins are you kind of expecting hmm. out of this? And I guess what is your pass mark for the next um, few weeks? You've led me into that very well. I think for me, my expectation and my pass mark and my hope are all the yep. same, which uh, hopefully is a good place to be. I think I'll be pleased if we um, go one and one over these next couple of weeks um, against the Giants in Sydney. And yep. then I hope that, and then I I hope that we can go uh, win two of those three against our rivals. So if we can if we can go into the bye with three and two, so that would mean that we are nine and four. Ooh. I think that is a fantastic outcome. Um, any mm. less than that, I'll be disappointed. Any more, like I don't know if the, the lid could really go much higher mm. uh, personally. And I'm not I'm not going to put my finger on where those will be, but. We know that Giants have been a, a team that we've struggled with. Sydney are a great team. If we can pull off one against those two, that's great. Um, and we know that we're better than all of Collingwood, Eston, and Richmond. But I, I just I, I don't see it as realistic for, that we're going to uh, win all those three in those mm. high pressure situations where we're at. Yeah, and like, what have we proven so far? And that's kind of going to be the fun part. I kind of agree with you that I don't want anything worse than two losses, like. If you lose three, then that's kind of setting you back that little bit from all the work that you've been able to do early on. I I hope that we can be better than that because you look at it and on paper, the only team that you should probably lose to is maybe Sydney, but then it's in Melbourne and you Mm -hmm. you want to win that one. You want to prove that you can get that scalp and beat those teams in the eights. So, yeah, I think that it's going to be so exciting. Can you – there's like there's a world where we win all of them. There is. And and that is re- weirdly to say that's realistic, where you look at where we're at at the moment and what we For what sure. our best football brings. So yeah, again, let us know what's the pass mark. What are you going to be happy with? What are you satisfied with? And who do you want to win? Who? Where are the wins and losses coming from? Because we always love mm-hmm. to get into the nitty gritty of it. Because I agree with I you. Know. I think that Sydney GWS, one of them is probably a loss, and then. It, I think, yeah, while we're still not perfect, there's probably going to be another hiccup because, like, that's it. While we're getting very happy because we've obviously won some games of footy, we're still both pretty realistic knowing that there's going to be a hiccup. Like, we're going to lose to someone that we probably should beat because that's just how football happens. And then we're probably going to beat someone that we probably should lose to. And that's Mm -hmm. all part of the evolution. And what I've been very happy with, which is sort of my theme of this episode is, We've had some losses that we didn't want. We've had some wins that we didn't expect. But I've seen progression, and that's what I want to see over these next you know, four or five rounds of football, and, and we're excited for it. So GWS is the next one. Let's go out and absolutely smash it. Again, thanks for listening, guys. Remember to leave some reviews, like, subscribe, all of those fun things. We'll be back here next week. 
see you guys next time.